and welcome to the Adaptation Station podcast. This is your host, Nicole. I'm a former special education teacher and currently an ABA therapist at a private center. This podcast is filled with tips and tricks for not only being the best special education teacher you can be in the classroom, but living the best life you can live outside of the classroom as well. After all, I'm all about balance. Hope you guys are excited. Let's jump on in. Hi, and welcome back to another episode of the Adaptation Station podcast. I'm super excited to have my first in-person guest on this podcast. It's my husband. Hi, everybody. This is Corey. Corey's coming on today because we're going to talk about my anxiety disorder. This was something that was highly requested on Instagram, so he actually agreed to come on, and I'm very thankful that he's coming on. But first, I wanted to just talk a little bit about my anxiety disorder. So I had my first panic attack when I was 14. I was at my homecoming dance my freshman year of high school. I did go to therapy in high school for one visit. I went to therapy again in college for two visits. But then when I was 24, I actually went to therapy. And I was with Corey at that point. And for the first couple of years, he was really uninvolved. But a lot of that had to do with the fact that I was pretty much ignoring that I had anxiety myself. So we started dating when we were 19. And for this first couple of years, I just pretended like it didn't exist. And then when I started going to therapy, he was able to get more involved. And I was able to share what I was learning in therapy and the strategies I was using. But I wanted to emphasize that this has been a really long process. Sometimes I feel like people, if you do follow me on social media, you'll see Corey and you'll think like, oh, wow, like, She's so lucky, and I am, but it's taken us a long time to get to this point. So when I first started going to therapy, I don't necessarily know if Corey understood it, so it's not, the way it is now is not how it's always been. Would you agree? I would agree. (laughs) Okay, so we have seven questions that we're going to answer that I pulled from Instagram. And so the first one is from me, and it's how do I deal with uh, overthinking or my coping skills that I use? I do have a blog post linked in the description of this podcast that goes into it a lot more. But as I mentioned, I did go to therapy and that was one of the most helpful things that I did. I went to see a therapist and then I actually ended up going to, I believe it was about a 10 week course where I went and I learned and practiced new strategies every week. And so that's where I got a lot of my skills. I actually have a binder from therapy that I still keep in my office I can pull out. But most of the strategies that I use come from that. I'll have some recommendations on the podcast and some books that you can check out, but I do recommend working with a therapist because what you need for your anxiety is going to be different than what I need for mine. And so working with a licensed professional to develop coping skills that help you specifically is going to be the best way that you can deal with your anxiety. But like I said, I do have some resources linked in the description of this podcast. The second question I got goes to Corey and was, how do you know what I need? So I learned that it's really helpful when you're vocal. And by vocal, I mean when you actually do say if something doesn't feel right or that you are experiencing anxiety. It helps me know because sometimes it's not apparent on the outside just by you know talking to you and by looking at you. So sometimes when you say what exactly you need like alone time or, you know, just to lay down or something, I know that, okay, well, Nicole's really anxious right now. You're having a moment of anxiety. So 
you're being vocal about it. That's really helpful to me. Um, so then I know I can give you my patience and encouragement when it's warranted, support, and just that sense of understanding you need. Awesome. <laughs> Good job. I think he was a little nervous, but he did a great job. <laughs> uh, the next question we're both going to answer, and it was our thoughts on therapy and medicine. So as I already mentioned, I have gone to therapy. I am a huge proponent of therapy. I know that therapy can be expensive, especially if you have limited health insurance opportunities, but there are other ways that you can access therapy if you need it. And that was the number one most beneficial thing I did to be able to manage my anxiety. I actually had some very stressful things occur in my life after I went to therapy. And I really think if I hadn't gone to therapy before those occurred, I wouldn't have been able to deal with them as much as I did. Medicine, on the other hand, is something that I've never dived into. I have been prescribed medicine. I've never filled those prescriptions. And ironically, I have a lot of anxiety about taking medication for my anxiety. And I've never gotten to a point where I felt like I had to take the medicine. Uh, Working with my therapist and using the cognitive behavioral approach really helped me enough that I didn't have to use medicine. It's something that I think probably would have helped me in periods of my life a lot if I had taken it, Uh, but I've always just been too nervous to take it. That's why I don't. And then Corey, I will go ahead and say this. Corey was not super pro-medicine when I got my first prescription, Uh, And some other people in my life were not pro-medicine either. So that definitely shaped the way I felt back then. Uh, But I know he's going to touch on a little bit more how he feels about it now. Yeah, so I was apprehensive to therapy at first because, uh, you know, I saw therapy as a sounding board. But I guess I felt like, why why do you need to, why, why is a professional able to do something I can't? You know, I can, you can talk to me about it you can tell me what's wrong and I didn't really see why you needed to go uh, somewhere else to get that help but now that you've been through therapy and you're able to use a lot of the exercises you learned during your therapy I think it it shines a better light on why that is important and why you needed something like that and I think that really helped you through you know, talking through issues that I couldn't have. Maybe, you know, looking back on it, I, I know I couldn't have. But at, at the time, I kind of felt like, well, why can't you just come to me with these things? But um, that sort of filled a void that I couldn't. And as far as medicine goes, um, yeah, I, you know, I'm apprehensive about the side effects on some of the medications. And, and I think, you know, a lot of the exercises you learn from therapy, you, you're able to use that as sort of a a self-medicine. Obviously, it's not a prescription, but, you know, it's it's exercises that you've learned that you can kind of help to calm yourself down and talk yourself through an episode when, when you're dealing with something. And I think that's an important thing to note about medicine. Although I don't take it myself, I'm very pro-medicine and taking it if you can. Like I said, I have a lot of anxiety about taking medication, but medication is helping something that you can't reduce in your head. So like a lot of times with people who are depressed, they actually have a chemical imbalance and the medicine is going to help that. And I know one thing that Corey was really afraid of like early on, I'm talking like, you know, seven years ago, but he would say that he was worried that I would become dependent on the medication. Uh, But the thing about medication in that sense is if you need it, you need it. Like he's not concerned that I'm dependent on my inhaler for asthma. I need that inhaler to manage my asthma. 
And so I think when you look at medicine more underneath the lens of, it's just something that you're taking that will help you be able to live your life the way you're supposed to live it. It's different than just randomly taking medicine that you don't need. Do you agree with that? I do agree with that. And you, I think his thoughts on medicine has also changed a lot over the years. Yeah, they, they have quite a bit. All right. And then our the next question is our plan and how we came up with it. So Corey already touched on this a little bit, but one of the biggest things we did was it's really helpful now when I tell him when I'm more calm, what it looks like when I'm anxious. Because when I'm having an episode, I can't necessarily stop and be like, oh, by the way, this is an anxiety episode. I'm not in a space where I can say that. So when I'm calm, I can go back and say, when you see me do X, Y, and Z, when you hear me say these things, that's me being anxious and this is what I need. Um, And a lot of it has been trial and error, to be honest. Like there's been times where I thought I wanted Corey to come sit with me and rub my back. And then in the moment, that was horrible. And all I wanted to do was be alone. So you might not know yourself what you need. And that's my best recommendation is just have a really open communication. And after, like, I, I feel like I can be very honest with him. When I'm anxious and he has a response, I feel like I can go back to him afterwards and say, like, this really made me feel better. This made me feel worse. And he has a very open mind about it. And together we've kind of figured out what I need. you have anything to add? No, I think that's that's very true. We've sort of developed our own plan, so it helps us work through it better. Mm-hmm. And even though sometimes it's hard to communicate what's going on, you know, we both know we're, we're both kind of in tune to what's happening, and that's really helpful. The next question is for Corey, and I got this from someone who has a husband who just, quote, doesn't get it, end quote. And I will go ahead and say this was another thing that was difficult for Corey in the beginning. Corey is the opposite of me. I have enough emotions in me for like five people, and Corey doesn't have a huge range of emotions. So Corey never really gets super happy or super sad or anything like that, whereas I can go from like laughing my head off to sobbing in a 20-second span. So coming from two very different perspectives there, and for a long time he would say like, I just don't get it. I don't feel that way. I don't feel anxious walking into social situations. I can't relate to what you're feeling. So do you have any advice for husbands or wives or significant others who are just like, yeah, I don't have anxiety. I can't help you. Yeah. I mean, if your partner doesn't get it, they're not alone. Because like Nicole just said, I was I was that person at the beginning because our personalities are very different. And, you know, if I just have a bad day, it, you know, I have a bad day and, and I didn't understand. OK, well, Nicole's not just having a bad day. This is something more. Um I I think it's difficult to understand something when you don't experience it yourself. And this goes with, you know, any ailment really, but specifically something that it's hard to see. Um, You know, if someone has the flu, you can see that they have the flu. But with this, this chemical imbalance or whatever it might be, it's difficult to explain it to someone because it, it just triggers all of a sudden sometimes. And until you have to deal with that, then you can't really put it into words what it's like. So once I learned that, you know, this, this kind of stuff happens very often. And, you know, this is what Nicole's going to feel like, Um, you know, again, that, that level of communication that we have where, you know, she can explain to me after the fact, this is what I was going through. I think that's 
one of the most important things is being able to, you know, listen to your, your partner who has anxiety and under, kind of understand better what they're going through. And that kind of helped me get it, I guess, at the end of the day, even though I'll never, I'll never really understand what it feels like as someone who doesn't have it. But I think you've brought me to a place that's really close to, you know, this is what I've what I experience and you know this is how I can explain it to you and I think a lot of this goes back to changing kind of your framework of how you look at mental illness because for example Corey gets really intense headaches and you know might even classify those as migraines I don't get those I actually very rarely get any sort of headache at all but even though I don't experience pounding headaches with light sensitivity, I can still be sympathetic to the fact that he's experiencing a headache like that and help him. But that's because a lot of times, like he said, those physical things like headaches and body aches and physical illnesses, people can see. And so they're a lot more willing to be sympathetic. But something that's happening inside my body where I just, I look like your wife, Nicole, is making dinner and you can't see there's anything wrong with me it's going to be harder to sympathize that as the same thing as being physically ill. So I think there's a lot of having to advocate and say, you know, when I'm having an anxious episode, I might as well have the flu. I feel just as sick in those moments. And it's really helping your partner, whoever it is you're looking to get that support from, understand that it is as significant as any physical ailment you might experience. Yes, exactly. I think when people aren't quick to judge that's the most important part and advocating as much as you can is critical. And the last question that we're going to answer is why we feel it's so important to share with each other. And we've talked about this a couple of times throughout this podcast, but as we've said, Corey doesn't know what I experience, and he doesn't live in my head. So I can't possibly expect him to understand how I'm feeling and how it's impacting me. So I have to be that person that tells him what's going on, how I'm feeling, and tell him what I need. So again, he might think he's doing the right thing by coming up and rubbing my back. But in the moment, if I can't handle the physical contact because it's just too much, I have to tell him that. And so the more I can share with him about what I'm feeling and what I need, the more he can help me. Absolutely true. I think if you don't talk about anxiety with each other... I think it's really hard to have a healthy relationship with it because you just won't understand. And then you'll, you know, you, you want someone who understands in the relationship. And it goes back to one of our other questions is, you know, how, how do we know, how do I know what you need? It's because you tell me Mm -hmm. and explaining it to me and us kind of decompressing after, you know, something happens I think that's what makes it work. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, that's that's probably the best advice I can give someone is just talk it out. And I didn't necessarily tell Corey I was going to bring up this memory, but I remember back in college when we first started dating, like the first couple of years when I wasn't honest about what I was experiencing, there would be times where I had an anxious episode. And a lot of times back then it came out more as anger than it did sadness. I get really sad now, but I used to get really angry when I was like 20. That would totally ruin our night. And then I would just like go back to my apartment and I wouldn't talk to him for 18 hours. And I would just completely lose like a whole night with him because I couldn't be honest and upfront about what I was 
dealing with. And I just think about how much lost time we had because I wasn't being honest. Whereas now, like I said, I don't really get angry for my anxiety anymore. It's a lot more sad. But I might have an anxious episode, get really sad, do some self-care, and two hours later come back downstairs and be feeling a little bit better and we can try and get back on the path of whatever night we're supposed to have. So for me, that's just been a lot of not letting my anxiety control me. It's just been something that I have to deal with in my life. But when I deal with it and share with it, share my anxiety with Corey and how it's impacting me, it can just be something that we work on together rather than it being something that pulls us apart. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on. I think you did a great job. This is my longest podcast to date for sure, but I think it is worth it. If you guys enjoyed this episode, I would greatly appreciate if you could rate and leave a review. And if you want to hear more episodes like this, let me know. Um, We have a lot to share. We've been together for 10 years. It's been a really long process to get to here. And I hope this was helpful to somebody out there. Absolutely. Thanks, Nicole. (laughs) Thanks, Corey. (laughs) Catch you in the next one. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the podcast. If you like what you heard, I would greatly appreciate if you left me some feedback. And if you want to hear more, go ahead and give me a follow. While you're at it, come say hi on social media. You can find me at Adaptation Station on Instagram, Facebook, Pinterest, and AdaptationStation.net. It's taco night in my house, so I'm going to go have a delicious dinner and a margarita, and I will talk to you guys again next Friday.